And I want to tell a sad story here. Okay. Something that brings tears to my eyes. I'm not prepared, but go ahead. This is the UPS Supply Chain Solutions Podcast. We help you become a more informed and educated supply chain professional so you can move the world forward by delivering what matters. Welcome to the UPS Supply Chain Solutions Podcast. I'm Alex Fuller. And I'm Anna Grant. And today we are talking about the tragedies that can happen to international shipments. It's so sad when something goes wrong. I know. We're going to dive into the juicy details of the most common mistakes. Exactly. And and how to prevent those because we don't want those tragedies. We We don't want that shipment that's sitting somewhere in purgatory for six months. We want it delivered on time in full. Exactly. So we got five important points to, to talk through of how to avoid the biggest problems that we see day in, day out. Uh, we'll go through each of them, get some details, uh, and hopefully you can walk away from this as an empowered supply chain professional to get rid of those shipments that run into issues. Yeah, you can avoid them before they happen. Yes. Now, before we get started, I want to talk about a promo code you can use on the Supply Chain Solutions website. Are you excited about this, Anna? I'm so excited. All right. What what is the code? What are the, for the folks? The promo code is? Hashtag podcast. Hashtag podcast. So actually, you put the hashtag sign in the promo code field, hashtag podcast, and that will get you a discount off of an air freight shipment. Absolutely. And the the offer is available for a limited time only and terms and conditions apply. So better take use of it before it's too late. But hey, this is awesome. You go on there, you have an air freight shipment. Just because you're a loyal listener, we'll give you some discount. Again, hashtag podcast. And that's at ups.com slash supply chain. All right. So jumping right into it. Oh, should we have a drum roll? Yes. Okay, drum roll. The first common mistake is lack of proper documentation. Oh man, paperwork. Paperwork. There's so much of it sometimes and a lot of details you need to know. So it's no wonder that this is one of the most common causes of delays. Yeah, so missing paperwork is by far what we see the biggest issue. So missing either literally it's not there or we're missing parts of what we need on the paper or half of it's there or it's missing a key part of information so yeah. it's it's incomplete or, or missing and that can cause delays it can also get you fines in some countries uh even confiscation of goods but especially if it's like purposely miscategorized like hey uh, I'm just importing something benign, but actually it's not. That's where you could run into trouble. Yeah, there's something called willful ignorance. So you're kind of, as an importer, you have the responsibility to do the research and make sure that your product descriptions, HTS codes, valuations, quantities are all listed accurately in your paperwork. Yeah, and, and honestly, 99% of the time, it's not willful. It's just, hey, bad communication with the vendor or, hey, it fell off, whatever. And so it ends up, Customs is looking at a shipment or the broker is looking at a shipment and there's no information on it and it, it'll just sit there. Yeah. And actually something surprising when I was talking to some of our, our leadership about this, one of the most common things is just inaccurate contact details or the wrong address and just basic things like that. It, it's not even going down to the HTS code level. It, it's it's just having you and your consignee's information right. Consignee, that's a big fancy word for the person that is going to receive the shipment. Yes. Yeah, it's consigned to them. 
We we use that word all the day, but normal people, what what is consony? It, yeah, it's that's the, a good the receiver. A clarification. <laughs> yeah. So you know, yeah. If if we don't know where to deliver it, uh, and, and and it's not even just hey, the label fell off. Sometimes it's written. I, I I've seen labels written in pencil as fast as possible because they're trying to get it out and it you can't read it. Yeah. So I mean, it it's common sense, but the, but when you see hundreds and hundreds of shipments get delayed for these kind of things. It's just worth reiterating, having the proper paperwork, having the right forms, having everything very clearly labeled, um, going the extra step with, you know, stapling. You know, if, if I have a crate, I need to staple all the information on all four sides. If it's a pallet, I want to put it in a pouch and tape it on there, put a you know, sticker pouch on there. Even for express shipments or, or small parcel shipments, uh, the rule of thumb I've always heard is, hey, put three copies of it and then also put a copy of it inside the actual box. And, and you might think, man, that is overkill. Like that is so much paperwork. But then if you go and visit, you know, a UPS hub and you see a million packages getting processed, uh, it's like, okay, yeah, I can see why maybe it's worth, you know, having a couple extra copies in there just just in case because, you know, we need it and that that'll help. It'll help prevent your package from getting put sequestered away and having to deal with that. Yeah. You spending maybe two minutes more by making a couple more copies of your paperwork and, and stapling it on might save you a lot of time in the back end. Yeah. Uh, you know, last thing on paperwork, all the different components are important, even though like the weight and dimensions of the individual items, that's where you can run into things. If, if things, you know, they don't have to match perfectly. Like no one's going to get a ruler out and say, oh, we use you said 20 by 30 inches. This is 20.5 inches by 31 inches. Obviously, you want to get as close as possible. You know, boxes can, you know, be a little different different shape. So I, I'm not being that extreme, but if it's vastly off, that's where you get tied up. And as soon as a customs officer says, hey, th- this looks a little off, that's where they're going to pull it aside and say, well, hey, if, if, if one thing lo- looks a little off, if it's not packaged well, you know, looks looks a little shady, that's a good opportunity for them to pull it off and, and spend an extra time on it. Exactly. All right. Number two, what do we got? Number two, it's kind of related to number one. It's inadequate understanding of customs regulations. So when you're shipping internationally, each country has its own regulations of what can come in, what can be exported out of the country, and what paperwork you need to do that. There's customs agencies as well as partner government agencies that have regulations for certain industries. So it can be a lot to consider to make sure that you know everything you're supposed to know before you import or export. Yeah. A good example of this, it's kind of two things related. So I used to work with a company that brought in a lot of hair accessories. um, And one of those were, you know, flower hair clips that they would, you know, girls would wear in their hair. Um, And so on the packing list, sometimes we would, it would be you know, flower clips, and sometimes that would get truncated down to just flowers. And so we're bringing in these, you know, these pieces of plastic, but then the U.S. government sees that and fish and wildlife pokes their head and say, whoa, they're bringing in flowers. We got to check this. And then they bring it over to the side and it takes a week to go through. And it's it's all just because rather than write out the full description, you know, it just went to flowers. I've heard the same story with uh, Christmas trees. Someone was bringing in artificial Christmas trees, but they forgot to put artificial. Yeah. And so, hey, they're bringing in Christmas trees. Yeah, fish and wildlife. It's like, whoa, hold on. We, we got to look at these. Uh, we don't want to, 
you know, bring in bugs or whatever. So that's not necessarily misunderstanding the customs regulations, but it's how big a deal knowing all the customs regulations is. Yeah, exactly. There's several of those examples I've heard about skis versus water skis, or you say I'm importing rings. Well, is it engagement rings or is it like a plastic ring that's a component in something you're building, right? Yeah. So um, something I've heard a, a good rule of thumb is to ask yourself these questions when you're you're doing the product description or looking up your HTS code is what are the goods, what are they made from, and what is their intended use? And then, of course, are there any controlled substances like foods or cosmetics or fish and li- wildlife materials? Because those might have additional restrictions. Yeah, so so plastic rings for use in shower curtains. That's a lot different than engagement rings. Yeah. 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 And it just then there's no question in the mind of the customs agents, how should this be treated? Exactly. And while we're talking about fish and wildlife, for example, that is an example of U.S. importing. So make sure when whatever country you're importing to or exporting from that, you know, that country's local regulations and and agencies. So if you're interested in learning more about U.S. importing, you know, the Customs and Border Protection has a lot of information on their website. And also all the PGA's partner government agencies have listed, for for example, restricted items that you can't import in any circumstance. Yeah. Some other things people run into are dual use items. So, you know, night vision goggles for fun can also be night vision goggles used for warfare or whatever. So, yeah. What, and it, it's, Maybe things you wouldn't expect sometimes, but that's where you, a lot of people can run into issues. Uh, and then finally, just shipping to places that uh, are either under ban or something like that. So that's where you can run into issues as well. Yeah. And all of that, I definitely recommend doing your research online and, and making sure you, you fully understand that before you go ahead and import or export. Yeah. So we, so we had number one, lack of proper documentation. Number two, inadequate understanding of customs regulations. Number three, near and dear to my heart, poor packaging and labeling. And we talked about this a little bit, uh, but I mean, poor packaging, it really is an issue and it's its why things often get delayed. You might think, hey, we have we do a pretty good process, but as you grow or as you send shipments day after day after day, eventually you're going to have some sneak in there where, oh, the printer's not working well or uh, it was last minute. We just scribbled it on real quick. Yeah. That, that's the one that's going to be delayed. Kind of speed over accuracy. Yeah. It makes me think about, we all probably read the articles and saw the pictures during the supply chain disruptions during the pandemic, where warehouses were literally overflowing of freight and there was freight stuck outside just because of the sheer limited capacity indoors. And that's when you really want to think about shrink wrapping your pallets, for example, to make sure if it rains that they're okay. Obviously, that's not the norm, but it, you know anything can happen in supply chains. You want to make sure that your pallet is protected in case of you know weather disruptions or if it rains. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to make a call out to a YouTube video that uh, that is very good at explaining how to label air freight, and it applies to all all kind of freight. So if you go on YouTube and look up how to label air freight UPS. Uh, you will find a fantastic video with a really good-looking main character. I was going to say, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Alex is the star of that video. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a lot of fun making that. It and, was so fun. And I'm not that good-looking. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, you know, it's two, three minutes. And, what, and the reason we made it is to, <laughs> to hopefully help you eliminate this problem of how to properly label things. And ideally, it's something you can share with 
your whole warehouse staff, anyone that's responsible, even your vendors, you know, foreign vendors, hey, here's how you do it. And we would very, very basic, like use big fonts, staple and like throw a business card in the middle of your boxes just, just in, in case. case things happen. Uh, when when we're trying to you know pull stuff apart and figure out where this should go because all the labels fell off because it's humid, there's there's a last resort, you know, somewhere to contact. Exactly. So some things to consider if you want to do a checklist for yourself, make sure each piece in your shipment is also labeled with names, phone numbers, company contact information, um, detailed list of contents. Make sure it's pasted in two locations or three or or three plus inside, you know, just to make sure that if something happens to the rest of the labels, that one of them will be found. Perfect. Number four, we got inefficient freight management. And I want to tell a sad story here. Okay. Something that brings tears to my eyes. I'm not prepared, but go ahead. All right. It's it's a high drama here. It's when you bring in a ton of air freight at great expense. So you're planning to bring it to ocean. You ran out of time. You got to bring it in by air freight. And it costs an arm or leg. And then it comes into your warehouse and it just sits there. And it sits there for weeks and weeks. And you look at it and you cry because you just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to expedite this and get it in so quick. And it's not actually needed. Uh, and you could have saved so much money. I, I'll tell you, nothing, that, that you grab your box of tissues and, and get ready for that. And, and it happens a lot more than you think. Yeah, this is making me emotional. I know. <laughs> but the way, the way you can av- avoid that, how is that, Alex? Well, I mean, it's it's something that a lot of companies struggle. It's 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 accurate communication between the supply chain group and the sales group of hey, what what do we actually need? What do we actually need to deliver? Um, is it you know, hey, yes, we need this all right away. This date is super firm. There's no give, and it's worth the extra money to get here. Or hey, can we bring in a little bit? you know, by air and the rest by ocean. I, I think that's my biggest, rather than air freighting in everything right away, it's often a better option to bring a little bit in by air freight and bring the rest by by ocean and just save a lot more money. So it's super important to choose the right transportation mode or the right mix of modes, have really good communication between internally within your company, between the sales group, what are we delivering, between your vendors, your logistics providers, and I think the key here is over-communicate. It's hard to over-communicate. And and so whenever you think your message has gotten through, probably need to repeat it a couple more times with all the the parties interested. Uh, And then, you know, do well, use those tracking tools, use those real-time updates to monitor everything. And then, you know, share that information between all parties so that there's a lot of times where, hey, we could have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars and the end customer wouldn't have noticed the difference. Like yeah. getting it on the shelf one day more at a huge expense where everyone loses money might not be worth it. And, and you know, and, and that's hard. Sometimes you don't want to anger your customer. You don't want to risk being losing their customer. But if you can get all the information out to all the internal stakeholders and external stakeholders and then plan correctly what mode we're going to bring stuff in, uh, that again, that's one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make in international shipping is, is choosing the wrong mode. Yeah. Over-communicate versus under-communicate. I think that's a good rule of thumb. And uh, the more your carrier knows, the better they can also advise you on on what they, because they see a lot of trends on their side of, you know, if there's 
congestion somewhere or if there's capacity somewhere, they can give you uh, advice on on what mode to take. Yeah, especially international shipping. There's there's the menu of options, but there's always a lot of off menu options, I would say, where it's if you say, hey, this is what I need to happen. There's a lot of good problem solvers with international movements that they're like, hey, we, you know, maybe we could do this, this. Oh, I know of this flight. They can do this, whatever. Uh, th- there's there's a wide range of options that they can't come to you with if you don't communicate. Yeah. And a lot of times if you're used to doing something a certain way, it doesn't mean you need to keep doing it that way because conditions might change. So it might also make sense for you to change the way that you're used to doing things to save some money. So over communicate. Perfect. All right. So lack of proper documentation, inadequate understanding of customs regulations, poor packaging and labeling, inefficient freight management. Anna, what's number five? Okay. Number five, when you're doing international shipping is ignoring cultural and language differences. That's a huge part of operating effectively in a global environment. You might take it for granted sometimes, but if you get into a misunderstanding, it can cost you a lot of money, not only in the sh- in, in shipping, but also if you're trying to enter a new market and you don't fully understand that local culture and, for example, packaging requirements, um, that can cost you a pretty penny. As an example, I just heard a story of a, a company entering the Canadian market and not knowing that in, in certain parts of Canada, you have to have labeling on your packaging in French as well. Yeah. So that can be a costly mistake if you have to reprint all of your packaging. I have I have had to reprint my packaging oh, multiple really? times. It is, yeah, it is a huge headache and uh, it can be tiny little things you get in tr- trouble for. So I think in one circumstance we had in English like one one letter was capitalized and in French it wasn't like the measurement or something. Yeah. And we got a fine from our, our customer because they're like, hey, this doesn't match. We could get in trouble. And we had to put little stickers over that capital letter to, to make it lowercase or whatever. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, the language and cultural differences. It it, it brings the vibrancy of, of the region and it makes, it makes it fun visiting all these places but also having someone local that can guide you or spending time doing the research or believing the people you work with can can avoid a lot of problems. Exactly. I think that's one of my favorite parts about working in global supply chain is working with all the regions and knowing that like you're not going to know everything there is about exporting to China, but you have a colleague in China that you can call up and ask them. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the coolest part. Yeah. I mean, so those are the five points. And and you know we see so many shipments that are delayed or have issues or get extra fees and really you know if these five things were kind of a focus i think you could avoid a lot of the problems i think also you know if i had a supply chain group in my company and i'm looking for you know hey we have a lot of international shipping issues uh these might be the five points where i might spend some time training or doing some research putting in a program of you know, hey, if we had better documentation, if we had some customs help, if our packaging and labeling was more straightforward, if we had a good freight management, especially communication between sales and planning. And then finally, if we spent some time investing in culture and language learning. So those five things, I think it go a long way to really, I guess, greasing the wheels or kind of making the, the whole international shipping process a lot smoother. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a good place to start. And then if you're you're still having issues, we can do a next episode of the five next common mistakes. There you go. Yeah. So <laughs> so come visit uh, 
ups.com slash SCS podcast. Uh, we have a little form there to fill out if there's a special episode you'd want to hear. I would suggestion. love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, give us your thoughts. Give us your comments. What what issues are you fighting or international shipping issues do you run into? And we can dive into it more. Awesome. Absolutely. So here's, here's the top five. Good luck, happy shipping, and hopefully this helps you avoid problems. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out ups.com slash SCS podcast. That's the UPS forwarding hub where you can subscribe to email updates and book air and ocean freight shipments with discounts you can't get anywhere else. So again, that's ups.com slash SCS podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice. Recipient has sole responsibility for determining the usability of any information provided herein.